And, and uh, another thing I want to just confess is that for me, sisterhood, you know, you see me always a lot of times, you know, represent my sorority. But for me, sisterhood, as far as that piece, came to me late, to me later in life. My first earlier years, I didn't have that. I didn't have a, to be honest, I didn't have a good relationship with my mom. I didn't have a good bonding with women at all in my earlier years. I saw women, to be honest, as drama queens, nasty, and mean. And so I avoided them at all costs. I identified more with my father, so for me that led me to live to to have more male friends. I had a whole bunch of male friends, platonic, but male friends because they were more comfortable. I was more comfortable with them. And but yet I, I did still see um, relationships, good girlfriend relationships, and I always longed to see. Wonder what that would look like to have a really good girlfriend relationship. And so when Benny College came to New York to recruit girls uh, to come to their school, that intrigued me, to be honest. And um, I said, okay, well maybe I'll, I'll choose Bennett so that I can learn how to, to have a, a female relationship. And to be honest with you, that was one of my main reasons for <coughs> because I, I really wanted to have that, that female bond that I didn't have. And guess what, it worked. You know, I've been out of uh, Bennett 43 years, going on 44 now. May will be 44. And um, I, have, I still have long-lasting relationships with my classmates from Bennett College. One of them is my cousin, Doris. And let me just say about that, I didn't meet Doris. We were seniors in high school. You know, she's from here, uh, Franklin County. I'm from New York. We, didn't, we did not grow up together. I met her at a family reunion in Spring Hope, where my father was from. That's the first time we met as, as seniors in high school. And I think she was planning on going somewhere else. And I said, come on, cuz, come on to Benny. <laughs> and so we had that conversation. And you know, the Bible talks about, you know, in order to be a friend, you have to show yourself friendly. And so evidently, she saw something in me in my conversations to convince her to come to Ben. And you know, we have been friends, not only just family, but we've been friends for all that time. You know, and that's why I'm saying it's 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 important um, to have those type of relationships. So I'm gonna be quiet and let them have their say, but I just want to share with you that, you know, that's one of the reasons why we want to do sister to sister, because I really want to develop a relationship with uh, friends. My friends you know, they, they, they've been there for me, but I'm always looking for additional friends. You know, they're not, I'm not, not, not just limited to them. And, and friends, as you know, they come and go. See, sometimes, sometimes you have seasonal friends. They're there for you for that season. You know, but I'm always looking for friends. But, but it's important to know that, like I said, that as sisters, we should be able to count and depend on each other and, and know that we, we're, we're in this not alone, that, you're not, that you don't have to do things alone.
That summer, I got paid. <laughs> 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 we had a lot of tacos that summer. I was so appreciative. And when um, when Doris asked me, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not doing anything. And to watch her organize and manipulate putting that new library together, she she was actually she actually taught me a lot. She probably doesn't know that, but um, just um, watching you, you know, um, the way you maneuvered and um, had everybody organized and had things people putting things in place, um, it really taught me a lot. Okay, thank you for that. Thank you, and I thank you for accepting my offer because it was I couldn't have done it by myself. And I chose her because of her skills, not just because of her skills and because she was a friend to me, but I knew that in selecting her, she had my best interest at heart because she wanted me to shine. You know, you choose friends that want to help you shine. She wanted me to shine, and so she did everything she possibly could. Because she could have said no. She could have said, well, I want to go on summer vacation, or I just want to spend time at home relaxing. But that was, it was work, it was fun work, but it was fun work and enjoyable work. You know, you can make work fun if you're engaged in work with someone that you enjoy working with. That's the key. Working with people, with colleagues and coworkers that you enjoy, they appreciate you and you appreciate them and you respect each other. That's another thing. You know, we have to show respect for each other and that respect is shown in many, many different ways. But the thing about working together uh, as friends is you always let that person know that you do not take them for granted. Just because sometimes we do take our friends for granted and, and we have to apologize. I've taken friends for granted and had to go back and apologize. You know, some people don't like apologizing. They don't accept, they don't want to accept that they did something wrong or they made a mistake. We have to own up to our mistakes. And when we make a mistake, we say, I'm sorry. Try to realize what that mistake was. Or maybe you might need someone to help you realize what that mistake was. And then we do our best not to continue to make the same mistakes over and over again. That should be, there's certain teachable moments in life when we do certain things and we get burned. We should know, well, don't do that again. It didn't work in this instance. Maybe I should try a different route. So that's another thing. When you do something and you don't have a great experience doing it, you might want to try doing it a little bit differently. Or you may want to try and ask your sister friend, well, how did you do when you did this? And it was a success. How did you put that together? Like even these, these talks that you're putting together, Laurie, you know, how did you do this? I might want to duplicate this, replicate this in the future, you know? There's certain things that we can learn from each other and it's important to talk to each other, important to tell each other that we appreciate what you're doing. Thank you for making me a part of this because it really helps me to share and, and, and to build my confidence. Um, and it's just good to talk to each other and like she said, not keep everything bottled up inside because a lot of times we do that and it only creates more stress and more tension. Stress is a killer. 
Stress is not good. It's good to have somebody to talk to. Okay, and another point I want to make before I pass the mic is we need to, my parents always told us to choose your friends selectively and carefully. Everybody that smiles in your face, grins at you, laughs and talks, is not your friend. They don't necessarily want the best for you. So we have to learn to be able to ask the Lord to give us uh, that spirit of discernment so we can know who really, really wants to be our friend, who really admires something about. And that's another thing, friends that admire things about. Which one of these young ladies up here, I admire certain qualities about them. I admire so much about them. This, these are my Bennett sisters. Okay. I admire the fact that we all chose chose the best college in the world. <laughs> we are males. As far as I'm concerned, there is no other number one other than Bennett College in Greensboro, North Carolina. They call us how to be ladies. I mean, I'm, I'm not just talking about ladies. I'm talking about the real definition of ladies. And I'm so appreciative of having the opportunity to have an have a, um, God and matriculated and graduated from Bennett College. It's very important to acknowledge our HBCUs and to give back. That's another thing. We need to give back to our HBCUs. Because mm -hmm. think of a lot of the people who have made it in life and become very successful. Their foundation, their foundation was built at an HBCU. And I am proud to be a, a proud graduate and product of HBCU. And now I'm going to pass the mic to my well, good morning, everyone. My name is Kelly London. I'm proud to serve you all also as county commissioner. Thank you all for having me here this morning. Um, I just kind of wanted to start off on uh, discussing sisterhood. Um, I honestly have to say that being a Bennett Dale, um, being a 2007 graduate Bennett College, I think my four years there were truly the best years of my life. Um, and it was in those four years where I learned the true meaning of sisterhood. And um, when I first started at Bennett, I had low self-esteem. I was nervous about college. I was like, am I going to be accepted? You know, how am I going to fit into to college life? Um, my sister was a graduate of Bennett College. I had a cousin, uh, Jim Conway, I know some of you all are familiar with. She was a graduate of Bennett College. And so I was just new to everything. And, and both of my parents were HBCU grads. They graduated from St. Augustine's College in Raleigh, now University. And they were just hyping up HBCU life. And I was just excited. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to HBCU. And then, you know, my, I watched my sister. I watched how Bennett developed my sister, how it helped her grow. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to apply. And by God's grace, I got in. And I honestly have to say, then it is where I've learned how to develop, not only as a woman, but just how, you know, how to develop my interactions with other females. Because I have to agree with Mrs. Jones, sometimes we kind of have somewhat good relationships with other women. We really don't know how to take them at first. We kind of judge other women at first. But I think it was at then where I just learned how to be like a true sister. If someone was in need, I was there for them. I was a listening ear. 
Um, I have, I always hung out with the North Carolina girls. <laughs> we had girls from D.C., Maryland, California, and so um, I was able to get in with a good group of girls who were just, they were like me, you know. Um, when I was a young girl, I, like I said, I struggled with my self-esteem because I was a tall girl. You know, I was always heavy set, and so I was bullied. And so when I went to Bennett, it was like I saw girls that were, I mean, all types of shapes and sizes, and there wasn't any room for anyone to bully anyone. And so it was just in, in those four years where I just learned not only to love myself, but to learn my sisters. Um, and I know Mrs. Jones probably is going to laugh at me, but um, in spring 2006, I made the best decision of becoming a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. <laughs> And so I gained 31 sisters. So that kind of helped reinforce what it truly meant to be a sister, to be there, to listen. If your sister was lacking something, you know, you, you always kind of um, came behind her to help her out. So I, you know, all praise go to Bennett College because if it hadn't been for Bennett, I think I would not have learned, been able to learn what it truly meant to be a sister. And I have to say, Lynn was my RA. <laughs> and play a hall, so she already knows what kind of person I was. <laughs> Good morning, um, I'm Lynn, uh, Lynn Dawson, and I'm also a school counselor and a mental health professional, so I do therapy um, part-time. Um, but when I think about like sisterhood and also like mental health, um, I grew up as the only, well, I'm the only child, right? I always say my parents got it right the first time. No need to be the <laughs> um, But it's a very lonely life to be an only child, right? Like there, you have your parents and you have cousins, but we, in my family, there's such a, lar a large age gap, so I was always the youngest. Um, and I really didn't have like my family as far as like being really close and having that type of like, relationship with them, um, like friendship type thing. Um, but thinking about being in college, right here we go. Um, if it was not for these two ladies, I will tell you, um, I would not have gone to Bennett. I would not even have known that Bennett was an option. I was a student in this rights class, and she said, you know what, you should go to Bennett. And I said, well, what was that? She said, don't go on, I'm gonna get you to this lady, she went to Bennett, she'll, she'll help you. And she introduced me to Ms. Jones, and you know, they like changed my life. Everything is owed to them, um, and I, of course, um, but they have really been a really important um, factor in like me going to Bennett and like Kelly said, gaining that sisterhood because there I really gained like friends that were like my age that looked out for me the way that my family would look out for me, that were there for me, that cared for me. Um, and I was from North Carolina, we all were, but they were more like experimental, so they wanted to stay on campus. I was like, I'm going home. <laughs> well, my dad's gonna work, he's gonna get me, I'm going home. And they were like, TV and just, you know, we were together and we would go to each other's houses and their families treated me like I was, you know, their their child or their sister or their brother. And so for me, like sisterhood, that really kind of really brought it home for me. Um, and when I think about like my mental health, um, when I was in some of my darkest moments or when I was experiencing, um, when my dad had a stroke, um, which me and my dad were really, really close. Um, that the memory that pops out in my head the most is how I called my friends and said, my dad is sick 
and they showed up at my doorstep. And it's, it's been over 10 years, right? And I still get emotional because when people show up for you like that, you know, it means everything. Um, they, had, they couldn't fix it, but they were there. And they called me, and they checked up on me, and they called my dad, they called my mom, when my dad got a little bit better. Do y'all need anything? We know that they can't do it, but what do, what do you need? What can we do for you? And that's what sisters, and that's what family, I mean, that's what friends do for you. Ms. Um, Jones was right, they showed up, and my dad would call them his girls, because he just loved them and, and what they had done for me. And so they would come and visit, and it's just like, in those moments, when you are like in the darkest of the dark, um, and you just think it's just you and your little family, y'all just are, you know, struggling to survive, trying to get through this, you know, really sad moment, when people show up to shine a light. And so I just am very appreciative um, of, you know, all people in my life. And I think, you know, we talk about my friends and, um, you know, different seasons and stuff. I've just been very blessed that in every season of my life, I've been able to gain a set of friends, right? And they don't always all mesh, but I know that I got people that I can go to for anything and everything. You got your friends that you like to hang out with. You got your people who are like in education, y'all should same career. You know, you have people that are there to mentor you and that take care of you. And so all of those things are just super important. Um, and I'm just, I'm just, I feel so full, right? You just feel so full when you think about all the people in your life who love you, all the women who love you. And when I think about, um, you know, Initially, like when I was in high school, I didn't really have a close relationship with black women. My best friend was white. And a lot of times black girls would look at me and be like, oh, she thinks she is, or she's that, or da 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 And so you you was like, oh, I'm not dealing with that. But then it showed me that, you know, you know, black sisters, like we can really like stand up, take care of each other. Um, because all those older black women took care of me, but you know, you get you get that with people in your same age as well. So I can talk on them. <laughs> Hi, good morning. Um, I'm Cheryl Wright, and um, I am a, a media specialist um, in uh, Johnson County right now. Hopefully, I will retire next year. My husband just retired, but I'm, I'm on the very, very short road to my doctorate degree. I'm in proposal phase right now, so um, yeah, y'all pray for me. Um, wow, like a couple of things. First off, I am an honorary benefit. Yes. So, yes. I'm an honorary yes. benefit. Okay. Uh, Bronco Pride. You know, I, I get my undergrad from Federal State. I got uh, a master's from Central Eagle Pride. But I'm an honorary benefit. I have the utmost respect for Bennett. Um, when I I'm, I'm originally from Providence, Rhode Island, and I came south to actually go to school because my mother who was an advocate for education, you know, she told me about um, Spelman and she told me about Shell University. And she wanted me to go to one of those schools while I applied to both. And Shaw accepted me before Spelman did. And I actually took a year off because I had skipped, I had turned like 16 in May and graduated in June, um, the, you know, um, but, so I took a year off and um, Shaw accepted me. Then I, I came down south and I, I never returned back up north except to visit. But um, so, wait, and another thing with uh, 
what Dora said earlier about having me to come and help her with the, her library. And then, every year after that, she, when she did her poetry slam, yes. she had me there as a judge. So I was, I was a judge for all of her poetry slams, which was awesome. And I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I knew I could count on you. That's why. I do. I always want women, men, anyone to shine. Okay. I always feel like my role is to help someone else be better. Um, unlike Miss um, Munden of Kelly, um, I was tall, but I felt like I was a tall, pretty girl. You know? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I shrunk now. I'm like, okay. But I, I felt like, yeah, I was tall, you know? And I was always, I always had maybe just like a lot of confidence because um, maybe I was oblivious to when people were throwing shade at me or when people were throwing negativity at me. I, I, it, it, never, it never got to me. So I did not know. And um, I always have um, friends growing up, girlfriends. As a matter of fact, my, um, I was texting with my girlfriend from third grade uh, last night. Um, I have friends from, from all phases of my life, um, girlfriends um, and friends who look, you know, guy friends, um, because I think it's important to attach yourself to people who will try to make you better. And I, I've always been one to, to try to do that. I mean, I, I like people, unless I don't like you. And if I don't like you, I'm not around you. <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even an issue. But um, because everyone is different and everyone approaches, you know, life and friendship differently. Um, I, I listen to what people say and I listen to um, the things, how they say that, um, you know, they were, you know, you know, traumatized by, you know, people doing this to them and, or being bullied and, and things like that. And I guess I was just oblivious. And I still might be because I don't care. I mean, I care and I don't care. Maybe I don't even know. Okay, because to me, it's all about being positive, being who I am. I, I cannot control what other people do. And my mother taught me that at a very young age. I'm like, it's not control what other people do. All I can control is how I react to it. And so with how I react to it is, is, is how I present myself to the world as who I am. And so um, I, I, I have a lot of friends. Um, and friends come and go. I have cousins. now. The thing, um, I come from a large family, and now I am the only one left in the family, like the brothers, sisters, mom, and dad. But it doesn't make me sad because I have angels. I'm like, okay, when they left, you know, I'm like, okay, then my last sister, when she left, then I became a part of AKA, like shortly after. So I gained all these other sisters. Okay, because I know that death is a part of life, and I don't think it's, um, I mean, you, I, I miss them, I wish they were here, I, I can't call them, you know, we can't do things, but every year, life is different. So, I, I've gained a lot of angels. So, with friendship and um, 
I was thinking about one of the, um, in, in Michelle's book, where she, in the kitchen table, where she talks about like the older generation, how we were able to just go out in the streets and find friends, and who were your friends and who were not your friends, and without any guidance. And she said that, you know, usually the parents are now like guiding the kids um, to, you know, to their friends, this is your friend, this is not. And she was saying that that was, that, that was really a good thing because it was learning. You know, when you go out there and you think, and you're thinking someone's your friend and then you find out later on that they're not, you know, they didn't have your best interest at heart, okay, that's part of life experience. So you, you're learning that way. So um, anyway, I want to pass the mic. I just want to um, just kind of piggyback off of what Lynn was saying about having your sister show up for you like in a time of need. Um, about two years ago, my mother died of breast cancer. And so as devastating as it was for me, um, as, at Bennett College, you know, our first year, we're called fresh women, not fresh men, but fresh women. And so I had a lot of, Bennett's sisters from my freshman year to just come. The, the outpouring of love and support when they found that my mom passed away, I mean, it was overwhelming. Um, but it's just good to have sisters who you, who you develop a bond with to just, you know, say, hey, you know, we're here from you. I even had some come to, um, to, to her service. So it just, I, that's what I appreciate so much about Bennett College. It's just, you know, it's just that bond that's there. We talked a little bit about how like um, sometimes we meet people and they're not always as friendly. What I've learned is that that's usually a, a, a defense mechanism or a shell, right? They really want to be friends, but they've been hurt by either, you know, people that they thought were their friends or, you know, or women or just in general or a relationship. And so they're, they're very like guarded. And so my friends would say, um, I have one friend um, who's very, she's very like, just very hard on the outside. And I just would like go to her classroom, she was a teacher at the house, go to her classroom and I'll be sitting there, she's like, why are you still here? I would like to make up big money. And she would just be like, no we're not. I was like, yes we are. And I would just show up every day and I would just come in there and I would work with her students and I would talk to her and I, and then we, we actually developed a friendship because to me, I could see past her hard exterior, right? And I saw that she was loving and she cared about her kids and she would bring them snacks. And to me, that's all I needed to know. You care about your students enough to bring them snacks. Okay. You know, that, that was my end. And so years later, we no longer work together, but we still check in with each other. We're not, we don't see each other all the time, but we still check in and, you know, take and make sure like how the family doing, how the kids, and we go about our business. But that's how we developed that friendship, to me seeing through her exterior. Because I could have been like, nah, she you know, but I but I saw I saw past that. Okay, so we have shared with you our stories, but we want to hear some of y'all's. And so, um, as I said earlier in my introduction, that this is all about us bonding. So, does anyone want to kind of share their sister story or sisterhood or what true friendship looks like to, for them? Turn the floor over to you all. Why don't you act like y'all shaking? Come on, y'all. 
Good morning, ladies. Um, I have a, a sister friend that we've been friends for more than 25 years. We work together. Actually, when I leave here today, we're going to have lunch together. Um, we used to talk every day, every day. And then I guess when we retired, and she heard she has grandchildren now. I don't have any children, I don't have any grandchildren. But um, I guess I felt kind of lonely. I felt like she was kind of getting away from me a little bit. And I had to remind myself that you're not the only person in her life, you know. So I'm, I have to be real careful. I'm a little selfish, I guess, in that way. But I have to be real careful. Um, another thing, my mother asked me one day, well, have you talked to Rosa? Have you talked to her? And her sister and I have become very good friends as well since she retired. And you know, I told my mother, I don't know why I said this, but I, there is a reason I said it. I said, you know, sometimes I just want people to check on me. You know, we check on people so much because by me not having kids, my mother got married after 20 years, my dad died, and I get emotional about that still. But she lives in Gardner, and sometimes I just need people to check on me. Yes. Yes.
talking about it, I never realized I had that many sisterhood friends. Because growing up, my sister, I, my sister and my grandma, and I grew up with only girls, four, three boys, three brothers. And I was like, oh, so my sister was 12 years apart, but as we got older, we got grown closer together. A lot closer together now we had sisterhood when I grew up. And, uh, but I just never realized how sisterhood played a, played, played a part in my life. So I'm thankful for that. Um, I know what all y'all need to and now. So I was thinking, I said, man, I didn't realize I had this many sisterhoods in my life to help me through life and people that check on me and to see make sure I'm good mentally. Or they just look at me and say, well, you didn't look right, what's going on? And um, and I'm appreciative for, for those who do that in my life. <laughs> Anybody else? Again, I didn't mean to get
um, when she finally did, she she asked, she thanked me. She said, I appreciate you never being judgmental. I appreciate you when I needed you, even though I was sitting here complaining about this thing. And in my mind, I'm like, girl, just leave him. What is the problem? <laughs> like, I'm going to have this stuff. Let's go. Um, you know, I never pushed her. That's what I thought, right? That's what I thought the solution was. But she had to see it in her own time. And so whatever it was that she wanted to call and vent to me, we just thought, I just listened. And I just was quiet. And then I'm like, Mary, you want me? You want me to give you a solution, or you just want me to listen? Well, I just want you to listen. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and you know, when she finally did, she was just like, just thank you for not ever being judgmental, for just being there with me, showing up for me. And you know, she's, I knew what you were trying to say the whole time. She was like, I wasn't ready to receive it. Um, I can say sometimes you may pray, you get discernment, and all these things, but they still just may not be ready. And so, but you know that the message has to be delivered. I think, you know, I don't I do not do fake friends. If you see me going through something and you don't at least try to, you know, sit with me through it or address it with me and you just let me keep, you know, faltering and even talking about me behind my back, um, you know, we, I can't do that. And I, I think um, when addressing your, I think, um, I think um, three things that come to mind whenever I try to um, talk to my sisters or, or dear friends, or, um, you have to consider three things. is your tone, you have to be able to listen, and be able to understand. Tone is everything. Because if, you, if you're talking to someone and your tone is very aggressive, they're automatically going to go on defense. And so whenever, I, whenever a situation comes up where I see my sister slipping, um, or a dear friend uh, slipping, I always try to start off with a, with a tone that won't come across as very aggressive or demeaning or condescending or something like that. And also I keep in mind, you know, I am my sister's keeper. Um, when, I'm, when something comes up and I feel like they may need to improve upon something. Um, you know, because I would never want anybody to feel uh, bad on the inside. So I always keep those four things in mind. Um, I'm kind of dealing with a situation like that at work where I see a female co-worker, she, she's a black female, and um, when I see her kind of slipping, I just let her know, but I do it in a loving way. I do it in a caring way. Everybody knows that I'm the pastor's wife. So I really don't, I may have one or two friends, but I really don't have friends. Because as pastor's wife, it's really lonely. I don't, I mean, it doesn't bother me really not to have close friends because I have the pastor. But I think that me, if somebody wants to be my friend, they want to find out things. You know, what's pastor say? Um, let me get, um, what is he going to do? Can I get in to um, change his mind? So I really, I have a couple of good friends, but I don't have a friend I can go to and say, well, you know, pastor said this to me and blah, blah, So being a pastor's wife is kind of lonely. But I'm all right with it. I'm I don't have 
I, I don't want to perpetuate that narrative that, you know, women are always sneaky or trying to do something, you know, to get and I think sometimes we say that we're okay with things and we say that we're okay because it but we're not okay. You know, everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs somebody they can you know and like husbands are great. You know, you just gotta take what you need and you know, use what you got and so um, but I just think we should be very careful about the narrative that there are snakes. There are snakes, but yeah, there are a lot of snakes. But yeah, um, you have to be careful who, who you let in your life and who you tell things to. Like, in my, in my, with my friends, people that I know, I mean, I don't tell, I don't tell them everything. I mean, there's things that you tell, things that you don't. Um, like when we get together, we get together to laugh, you know, chop it up and you know, do that type of thing and call it a day. But it's, it's different than the, you know, the relationship with me and my husband. I think I you have certain, certain types of friends for certain seasons, certain situations. Yes, I agree. You know, you have friends that are comforting friends who can just comfort you no matter what you're going through. You know, you can talk, then you may have friends who are fun, playful friends that you want to travel. I have travel friends that, one of my best friends, we travel together. We've been traveling together for, you know, um, since 1983. But then she's not the type of person that I can go to and just tell her my certain things that I'm going through. She, so I have different friends for different situations that fit the purpose that I need them for, you know. And then I also, like you were saying about male friends, you, I have one of my best friends, in fact, is a male. We've been friends since 1983 when we were in graduate school together. And I can talk to him about anything. He also happens to be a pastor, and I go to him for prayer and all kinds of issues that I'm dealing with. So I think that, like you were saying, it's not just women that you can share certain things with and find comfort, you know, in sharing those things that they can console you and lift your spirits. It can be your male friends also. It can be your male, and it's important. In my opinion, it's important to have some of both in your life. Some of both in your life. And just quickly, I just want to say, I think discernment is the key. Yes. Um, I feel like the Lord has a way of showing you who's for you and who's against you. Mm -hmm. And um, if you know that someone's constantly always gossiping or always mm -hmm. turn around and involved in some type of drama, something, you know, keep your distance from them. Mm -hmm. You know? I have people at my job that I just know. Hey, how you doing? Good morning. Did you get your coffee? How you know? <laughs> and we're going to keep it moving. You know, I wouldn't tell them my personal business because you just know. My mom always said, but I'll bring your bone and carry it. Let you know who that one person that you can talk to, mm -hmm. or and uh, 
So like I said, I have this different sisterhoods, but my conversation is different because there are different types of people, right. different types of sisterhoods, professional or friends or whatever. Mm -hmm. Cousins is different. Mm -hmm. Conversations mm -hmm. in each one. I do think sometimes we have to be mindful, like uh, this first lady was saying, that uh, sometimes depending upon where, where you are in life, you are not able to share as much. But um, there are women who are actually introverts, mm -hmm. who don't care to, you know, comfortable with one or two. And, and I think sometimes we um, don't talk about that. You know, it's okay to have one or two that you can call. And I'll give you an example. My best friend from college, um, you know, when, you, when you're in your 20s, you have the, this uh, picture of what a marriage should look like. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would go and visit her. And we were both married around the same time. And I'd go and visit her. And this smelling clean from the front door. You know, open the door, going off, shining. No shoes, nowhere that people could see, everything washed. And she was just, in my opinion, the ideal uh, wife. Uh, you know, would help her husband do, you know, anything that he thought he was called to do. Always cooking, meals cooked, clean, kitchen, you know, get it proper. <laughs> and then uh, about five or ten years later, you know, we went up for antique homecoming, and my husband and I, we always would stay with them. And I noticed, it, you know, they kind of walking around like eggshells and whatnot. And so I, in the car, headed back to Raleigh, and my husband says, well, they did not want to tell you, but they were going through a very difficult separation and a divorce. I'm saying, well, I'm not the one you need to be worried about telling. <laughs> but I was so mad at him, I would have split the house open that day. <laughs> <laughs>
temptations arise, then it's very important to have someone, not that you're telling your business to, because, see, you were not able to tell me all of the dynamics of it because it would have caused me to give rough information, even though I know the Lord. Um, so you, you tell what you, you think uh, the friend can hear and can handle so that they will give discerning information. Now, she did the right thing. She was uh, calm. She lost down to 90 pounds. Wrong woman, 90 pounds. But it took years of us talking, and friendship is not just this week and then mm -hmm. for five weeks down. When you have a friend that's going through something like that, even if you are an introvert or you have to push yourself or if, if you have bad uh, thoughts about it, and you still have to push past that and pray. You know, you really, really got to pray in some of these situations when you're counseling and talking to people. So you won't say just walk away. She was able to raise her daughter, and they they have a very nice relationship with that father now. And it was because of the types of decisions that she made. But as a friend, I had to learn to hang in there with her, not kill that man. <laughs>
situation. She eventually came to an agreement where he said, if you will not touch my North Carolina pension, I will give you the house. And the house will be completely in your name. That's what friends talk through and understand. And that's not sharing her business. That's sharing information to help someone else. So you have to know what to share and what not to share. Because if I have a friend that goes through a divorce or someone that I know, that's the first thing I'm going to tell them. If you want to stay in your house, get it in your name. If you are married to someone that has a North Carolina pension, if you remarry, pension don't. You need to make sure you, you get some things in order so that you can grow physically as well as spiritually. Because you can't just sit in the corner and just have me talking to you one-on-one -on -one talking about being your friend. Me being your friend ain't going to help you. Other than you talking to me, you got to get wise legal counseling and be prepared to move past the hurt and just the talking on the phone. Well, like, to that as well, like, yes, we can be our sisters, like, sounding board and give them ideas, but also we got to know when and where, like, our place stops. And we need to turn it over to somebody who's professional, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's legal profession or to say, you know what, we can talk about this all day long, but we're really not getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. Do we need to consider like therapy or counseling? And whether that's with your church or you go outside of your church and get a therapist. Because uh, those people are, they're trained to handle this, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't want to sometimes um, traumatize our, <laughs> you know, friends or like help, or think that we're helping them and we're not because the issue is deeper. Maybe the issue is mental illness. Like, it looks like I'm being, um, I'm introverted, but maybe I'm really depressed, you know? Um, or I'm, I'm having OCD, or I have a lot of anxiety. And a lot of times we say, you know, pray about those things, or, you know, do this, do that. But no, you need to talk to somebody. There is medicine. Like, God created medicine. He created doctors. He gave people knowledge. And so we got to use those resources as well. You know, I had a friend who was going through a really, you know, difficult situation, and um, I kept talking to her. She's like, well, I'm going to, you know, we're going to sit down, and we're going to have, you know, counseling with the pastor. Okay, that's fine. I was like, that's, that's great. Keep doing that. And I was like, but what are you doing to support? What are you doing for yourself? Yeah. You know, what are you doing to make sure that you are filling yourself, that you are available to your family and your children and yourself? Um, and so sooner later, she ended up going into therapy. And that was really helpful. But in addition to what she was doing in her church, like, you know, we can add these services on. It doesn't have to be this or that. You know, you can have two things can work in tandem. So I think we need to be aware of that when we're helping our friends as well. And also leading by example, I have been in therapy for years. And just telling her, I'm like, girl, I'm in therapy. And she's like, you're in therapy? Yes. This happy don't come all automatic. Like, I, I have to talk to people about things that going on. Um, and so just me doing that and being um, transparent and being vulnerable to her and letting her know I was in therapy and why I was in therapy and those kind of things helped her to be like, oh, okay, this is okay. I can do it. And that's important because we as American women don't talk about being in therapy. You know, we talk about calling your mama and your grandma who are friends, but at some point you, you may need to talk to someone else. And that's to be
Well, again, this has been great, and I just want you to see why I have these awesome friends, and, and it is good to have a sisterhood. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, uh, thank you all for your time. Marilyn, you do the next session. You just want to quickly.